and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demister. Our apologies for not being on air last week. Well, we were on air, but it was an episode that was repeated. So it feels great to be back, Dominic. Talk some football. Uh, always excited. Love doing the show. Especially love doing it uh, after we weren't on uh, last week. Gives us a lot to talk about. Uh, how have you been? Just outstanding. On the football front, wow, the NFL is just starting to really put itself together. You can see now mini training camps are starting. A lot of things are happening in the NFL uh, in terms of popularity. The game just seems to be getting more and more exciting every single year. Oh, definitely, Dominic. This offseason has been bananas. Before we jump into football, we've got NHL, NBA playoffs in full gear. NBA playoff series is tied 1-1 as we speak. Dominic and I are recording this on Tuesday. Uh, I think it's going to be a great series. I My gut's telling me the Warriors are going to win. I'm going to uh, stick with the Warriors winning that series in six. What about the NHL playoffs, Dominic? NHL playoffs already over in the West. Yeah, The Oilers get swept by the Avalanche. Very disappointing performance from those Oilers. I think a lot of people had expectations having been Calgary, but Colorado moves on. Looks like they could be there for a while, depending on what happens between Tampa Bay and the Rangers. Currently 2-1 in that series. I expect Tampa Bay to push it to seven and then flip a coin. But for now, Colorado is waiting. They're going to have fresh legs for those Stanley Cup finals. Yep, for sure. Definitely should be uh, a great series no matter who advances in the East. Colorado has been tearing it up. Let's get back to football, Dominic. Just this week, a few days ago, Aaron Donald getting his uh, contract restructured. He is going to make $65 million guaranteed over the next two years. There was speculation about him potentially retiring, him not coming back to the Rams, yada, yada, yada. People weren't sure. All that's put to bed. Aaron Donald will be back with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, He is now the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. Massive deal, crazy contract. Um, A guy that's been, you know, one of the best uh, players in the NFL over the last few years, arguably the best defensive player in the NFL uh, over the last uh, five to 10 years there for the Rams. Uh, Big piece they're getting back there, obviously in Los Angeles, not sure about Odell Beckham just yet, but uh, they uh, ink a deal with Aaron Donald and he will be staying with the Rams trying to defend that Super Bowl. Wow. You couldn't ask for a better player to bring and keep for those Rams. Aaron Donald by far is probably in my mind the mvp of that team uh the way his work ethic his leadership this guy basically won the super bowl for the rams last year in my opinion you had a lot of great performances by cooper cup but aaron donald darn man that guy was lights out last year so i expect him to be lights out again this year bringing bobby wagner that's obviously going to help aaron donald a lot more ashawn robinson still there as a defensive end and you're still laughing in the secondary with jalen ramsey this rams defense isn't going anywhere anytime soon watch out that division is gonna be a real slugfest because we've been talking about this division quite a lot this offseason and i do believe aaron donald adding more highlights to that division Oh, yes, Dominic, totally. Uh, He is definitely well, not liked, loved there in Los Angeles. A huge, huge part of that defense. Uh, Just crazy, you know, like even when he's not appearing on the statute, you know, he demands a double team uh, and that, uh, you know, it leaves uh, one-on-one 
for for other guys that you know like you talked to other pass rushers on this team that are also very good that you know don't get the praise that they uh, necessarily deserve because they're playing alongside a guy like Aaron Donald so huge piece for them definitely needed to get that done probably got it done Aaron Donald I think a very well liked player across the NFL so I think a lot of people are very happy for him you talked about that division Dominic and uh, quite a few things happened over the last few weeks uh, in that division Debo Samuel has reported to minicamp uh, I know there's a lot of speculation of what was going to happen with him the 49ers is he going to stay he wants to get paid like a wide receiver he wasn't exactly sure he liked uh the situation there in san francisco with how many you know uh carries he was getting out of the backfield good to see i'm glad they got this resolved uh in san francisco this man is really the the offense for this team um and i think that you know if this team is going to have um you know any further success than they've already had this guy was the piece they needed to keep. The quarterback situation is a little bit up in the air in San Francisco, uh, as it probably will continue to be this offseason. But Debo, good news for 49ers fans. Uh, he's reported back to minicamp. I'm super happy for the 49ers. Uh, you know what? You never like seeing guys skip minicamp um, and, uh, you know, mandatory minicamp and, and OTAs and, and, you know, things like that. Um, but it seems like they're on the same page now. Good for the 49ers. Debo's back, um, and I think that, uh, you know, 49ers fans can rest a little bit easier now. Debo! <laughs> San Francisco 49ers are alive. Unfortunately for them, I do see this season starting really hard. They'll figure it out midway through. Uh, the way that they're going to start is going to be heavily relying on Trey Lance. I would say, hopefully, for the 49ers, because I do believe they made a massive mistake by bringing this guy in this organization. And they'll realize that if they manage to hold on to Jimmy G. Because if Jimmy G gets another chance next year, you know, this guy, look at his resume. This guy wins. And for, if you ask me, Debo Samuel is the guy to lead this offense, not Trey Lance. But again, I do believe we're going to see really rough start for those 49ers next year. And hopefully they get lucky. Jimmy G comes in midway through the season and we'll see whether or not those 49ers can sneak into those playoffs. But great news, Debo staying for 49ers. And I quite frankly think San Francisco is breathing a sigh of relief today. You hit it out of the park there, Dominic. Well, look at the 49ers and, you know, I just bring up the schedule here. Their first four games against the Bears shouldn't be a tough one there. But then you got the Seahawks, you got the Broncos who have the, the former Seahawks quarterback. Then you got the Rams. Uh, so yeah, I guess you can say uh, middle of the pack there in terms of uh, schedule there to start off the season for the 49ers. But Dominic, you mentioned Jimmy G. We talk about like how weird that situation's been. The I don't know like if I've heard this before, but Garoppolo has been excused from minicamp from the 49ers. I don't know what that means. I think there's a lot of like uh, things you can speculate from there. Uh, maybe that like he is not the future for this 49ers team. Um, and yeah, like we talk about him, we talk about Baker and, uh, you know, like them, like their, their futures being in doubt with certain teams. Well, and that's got to be tough for Jimmy Garoppolo, Dominic. Like you said, the guy wins. Um, and look, some people have said that he's a winner. Some people have said that they win in spite of him because he hasn't been, quote-unquote, an amazing quarterback for this 49ers team. I'm not sure if I really necessarily see him as a Super Bowl winner. I think he's uh, overachieved, you know, last year and the year he made to the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, still forgetting his team there at the Super Bowl on the NFC Championship game, having to be excused from minicamp. I'm a little bit surprised that they've already kind of made this decision to, I guess you can say, push Jimmy G to the side 
completely focused on Trey Lance. Look, if you want to develop a young quarterback, I think that's great. I, I'm not really opposed to Trey Lance being QB1 to start off the season. I know you may not totally agree with that, but I'm not a big fan of them, you know, pushing Jimmy Garoppolo to the side like that and, like, excusing him from minicamp, which is, like, a really, like, weird thing to say. I've actually never heard that term used before. Uh, but that's what it is. So it looks like... Jimmy G probably won't be with the 49ers come the start of this season. Uh, or, you know, maybe he just won't sign anywhere else, so he'll be on the roster. I don't know. This is kind of a mucky, ugly situation here for San Francisco, Dominic. San Francisco, somebody in the front office knows what they're doing. They know they have Jimmy G as a great, great asset for that organization. If someone really wanted to give what the San Francisco 49ers are looking for, for Jimmy G, it would have happened a long time ago. It didn't happen. He got, obviously, his operation. That obviously, most likely, scared a few teams away. But I'm telling you, it's a great asset to keep. It's a great insurance to keep. Because I think that Trey Lance still hasn't shown us anything as a San Francisco 49er. And I don't even know if he could last a full season. I'm telling you, we're going to see Jimmy G next year. Looks like, in my opinion, it's going to be with a 49ers jersey. Mm, damn, I like it, Dominic. How you know, talking about these 49ers, um, how good do you think this team can be? So, like last year, they made it to the NFC Championship game. They shocked the Packers in what was a low-scoring game. Uh, really, that game was was nuts. A lot of special teams plays made there by the 49ers. Do you think at this point that when they have Jimmy G and Trey Lance, like for the time being, they've kind of like they've hit their ceiling in the sense that like. They're not necessarily a Super Bowl threat, and they've kind of overachieved over the last few seasons because I know this team has been relevant, Dominic. Uh, obviously, uh, just like you look at their resume, and they win. They find ways to, to win games. They were in the NFC Championship. You can't ignore a team that was in the NFC Championship. So it, Totally, Dominic. And I, I agree with you, but like I don't know. Like, at the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't ever think this team can win a Super Bowl with this squad. Like I don't know if that's weird. I don't know if that's not trusting. Well, I, I think for me, I just don't trust the quarterback situation there. I don't trust You want to see 35 points a game. That's what you want to see, and that's what you're right. accustomed to. And that's what the NFL has been given. However... Right. A team we've seen a time again with a good defense mm-hmm. and a good running game with a game manager. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great game manager. He saw it last year. He was there. I know it sounds like a fluke to say we can't ignore the facts. The facts are the facts. And I think that Kyle Shanahan, if he can put it together, which I don't, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people do believe in this franchise. I do believe in management. I think they got it going on. I think that we're going to see the 49ers probably squeak in that division, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Definitely. Um, you know, you brought up a good point, Dominic, actually quickly, just stay on this topic for a minute or two. Game managers. Do you think a quarterback that is a game manager can win a Super Bowl. Like, let's say we have a good defense and a good running game. Because in my mind, people try to convince me that game manager is not an insult. If I'm a quarterback and I'm being called a game manager, I find it like, I find it a slap in the face. And like, not everyone agrees with me on this one. Uh, and I get that, look, as a quarterback, you can't always be the best player on your team. And for sure, sometimes you got to rely on your defense and your run game and your special teams uh, and your head coaches. But when I'm being called a game manager, like if I'm a QB in the NFL and like, that's my label, to me, it's kind of like okay i'm just gonna go out there and not lose this game like i don't want to do that i want to put the team on my back i want to you know throw 300 yards a game and be able to win this game like you said seeing an offense put up 35 points so i don't necessarily think that 
a quarterback being labeled a game manager is a bad quarterback. But in my mind, a quarterback who's labeled game manager, even with a good defense and a good run game, I, I can't see him winning a Super Bowl. No, no, I'm not talking about Garoppolo specifically. I'm just saying a game manager in general. Yeah, I think that the NFL, obviously, with the safety rules, making the game more wide open, it has obviously helped. Defenses have a lot harder time to keep yeah. uh, games uh, low scoring. Point. But yeah. I do think that every offense could be stopped in the NFL. There are so many plays that exist in a playbook. You could mm-hmm. find it. You just need the right personnel at the right time in the right season to put it together. And that comes down to coaching. And I yeah. think the 49ers, you got to give credit to Shanahan. He was there last year. He was at the Super Bowl a couple of years earlier than that. The guy's obviously a winner. I just don't like the guy. I don't like his like <laughs> way that he runs his running back stable. I think it's him playing chess at his own expense on his team. And I don't like that. I want to see the players perform and not really rely solely on the coach. Or you could say it's almost a 50-50 way of running a football team. A lot to unpack there. A lot to be said. Mm, got it. I, honestly, that's uh, actually, I think that's well said. I don't 100% agree with you there, Dominic, but you... You're a good speaker, Dominic. You kind of have me convinced. Let's stay in that division and with the quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray, so he, it's kind of weird. He was back for OTAs. Now just pulling up something from the Arizona Arizona Cardinals, sorry, their website, and it says he's not there for the start of the third OTA session, but he was there at the beginning of OTA. So it looks like things are going a little bit better um, with the Arizona Cardinals and Murray, just because he was back, but now it looks like he wasn't. So that's the latest news there, Dominic, uh, on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle Murray showing up is a positive one. Yeah. I don't think they want to make news out of it. This team's already had a lot of news. Uh, if they can get to business as usual, the timeline on Jondre Hopkins is really good, which is great news for those, uh, I should say, after his, his suspension, of course. Right. But still, it is great news for those Cardinals. Uh, he seems to be getting in form and obviously will be ready once he comes back from that suspension. Yeah, I think this Cardinals team has a lot to prove, uh, you know, especially the way they uh, kind of flopped there in the playoffs last year against the Rams. Like maybe they get like a little bit of a pass because they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions, but they just looked really poor in that game. And I think that, you know, Kyler Murray specifically has a lot to prove, has a lot on his shoulders. Uh, and I'm rooting for him. You know, I hope he uh, is able to put this team uh, in the right direction and, uh, you know, get this wins for the squad because they're a talented team and it's a very talented division. So you can't afford to slip up uh, within the NFC West. We talked about the quarterbacks, Dominic, a little bit earlier on in the show. Let's continue on that trend. Baker Mayfield feels like uh, kind of the never-ending story of Baker. What's going to happen with him? Uh, It looks like the Browns do not plan on releasing him. Uh, So, yeah, this is like kind of another situation where it's obviously a wait-and-see it's going to be tough to predict this one. Um, just trying to think of Baker and like his mental state right now and like like how, how, how high he was drafted, all the hopes he had coming out of Oklahoma and now to be in a situation that, you know, must be tough for him and to see uh, Deshaun Watson there going to be taking, uh, obviously, a QB1 reps for those Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm curious to get your take on it, Dominic. Baker Mayfield, potentially where you think he could go, if you think he'll be on this roster, if you think he'll be signed to a team uh, before the start of the season, because uh, right now there doesn't seem too, too much progress to be made uh, between Baker Mayfield and just the NFL teams in general. 
Yeah, talk about the completely opposite story between the 49ers and their yeah. insurance policy and the Cleveland Browns and their insurance policy. Baker Mayfield, you got to get out of town as quick as possible. We all know you're handcuffed right now to that Cleveland Browns organization, and they just, just don't want to let you go for for whatever value that they're looking for. Every single day that passes, your value goes down. You should have took what you had when you had it. You didn't. I think, I believe Carolina was willing to cough up half the salary. They didn't want to bite. They think probably someone might get injured. That obviously is playing with fire. It's mind boggling. This guy should be, you know, practicing somewhere, learning a system. But then again, he's not that much in demand because if that were the case, someone would have pulled the trigger a long time ago. What Baker Mayfield will be, whoever picks him up, is a project player. And those Seattle Seahawks are just waiting and they're just biding their time. For all I know, Pete Carroll's already developed an entire Baker Mayfield playbook and they're just buying their time because they don't believe no one else will be picking up Baker Mayfield. And rightfully so. If I look at the quarterback situation currently in the Seahawks, it looks ugly. Geno Smith, Drew Locke, Jacob Eason, every single one of those guys will probably not have well, Gino actually he has been there for quite a long time. I have to admit, as a backup quarterback, he's been there. I don't know if Drew Locke's going to have a long career. Maybe you'll be seeing him in the CFL. And Jacob Eason, I don't even think we'll be seeing that guy at all anytime soon. So that said, Baker Mayfield is waiting to be a Seahawks, and it's just a matter of time. I'm going to say early July. Mm, I like it, Dominic. I like the take. Uh, you mentioned Drew Locke. I don't know what it is. For some reason, I'm just not ready to give up on him. I don't know. I wish I could pinpoint it. Uh, I just kind of feel like he, like, I like what I saw at times with him from the Denver Broncos. Uh, I like his swag, and I feel like he's a quarterback that a lot of NFL teams can use. Um, Chances are he will be QB1 this year, obviously, if Baker Mayfield doesn't end up with Seattle. So I'm really curious to see how it'll pan out for Drew Locke if he stays uh, at, you know, being the starting quarterback for those Seahawks. I think he still has to obviously win the job there. Nothing's guaranteed. Uh, but with receivers like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, and, uh, you know, a head coach. Uh, that they have there in uh, in Pete Carroll in Seattle. I could see him potentially having uh, a bit of a breakout year. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, the latest has been that the Carolina Panthers have seeked interest in him. Um, and obviously we know that you, they're not the happiest with Sam Darnold there. I'm just like looking at teams and reading through a few things. If you're the Atlanta Falcons, why not take a shot at, at, uh, at Baker Mayfield? Like, I don't think Marcus Mariota is the answer for any team. Uh, I see him as like a solid Backup quarterback, a uh, guy that, you know, maybe on third and one, fourth and inches can be put in the game. A guy, you know, where your quarterback's not playing well, you can put him in. Maybe he'll win you a quarter, he'll win you a half. Or if your quarterback, you know, God forbid, goes down from an injury, I could see a guy like Mariota coming in and winning those type of games. But ultimately, I don't know. I don't expect too much out of Mariota. Uh, and, you know, it's safe to see that the Atlanta Falcons fans aren't super ecstatic right now. The future doesn't seem too bright there. Um and yeah, with everything going on between Calvin Ridley and the departure of Matt Ryan, I don't know if I'm the Falcons, Dominic, why not take a swing at, at a guy like Baker Mayfield? Um, he, you know, may not be the, the quarterback we all hoped he would be and the Cleveland Browns had hoped. But I think if, you know, he's provides a much better option than Marcus Mariota. Now you can say, look, Atlanta is not planning on winning this year. Uh, as weird as that sounds, let's just, you know, develop our young players and see. 
But I don't know if like Baker Mayfield's still available and I'm Atlanta. I'm not totally writing that out of the question, Dominic, for the Atlanta Falcons to maybe take a, a shot at acquiring Baker Mayfield. I think that would be brilliant, William. I think you nailed it. That would be a fantastic landing spot for the Atlanta Falcons, getting a guy that could actually run. I know a lot of people think Baker Mayfield is a small quarterback. It is true, but he did run for over 400 yards in a season in his college alma mater, Oklahoma. That's that's a good point, Dominic. Like, we forget that he is a fairly mobile quarterback, right? And like he doesn't run often, but he's able to run when he can. I think that's like super important for for QBs, you know, uh, to become like kind of unpredictable, right? Because it's just another thing that the defense has to worry about. Uh, but yeah, okay, so you're saying that's your take, Dominic Baker Mayfield. If you had to guess right now, you think you'd be wearing a Seahawks uniform by the start of the season? Yes, I do believe that Baker Mayfield. In Seattle is just a matter of time. But if if Atlanta was smart to have a bidding war here, you're, it's your take. I completely agree with you. I, I looked at the stats. I said to myself, you know what? This is a brilliant take. Baker Mayfield would fit like a glove. Desmond Ryder is a project player. He's just a project mm-hmm. player. Let him sit for four years. Who cares? Bringing Baker Mayfield is a lot more talented than Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota could be a great you know, guy with the clipboard. He knows the NFL. He's been there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying that with all due respect. Yeah. Of if course. a guy, you know, gets injured, maybe Mariota, his first year or second year, comes in bef- before Desmond Ryder. You'll have invested. What a beautiful draft pick in Desmond Ryder, investing a full four years to see whether or not that investment is going to be good for at least two more years after. So you would have to extend him clearly. You would, it would have to be a really committed project that Desmond Ryder is your future potentially and that you're putting all your eggs in clearly Baker's basket, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to cost you a lot of money. So why yeah. not gamble? What does Atlanta have to lose right now? They got to create some excitement at uh, the right receiver position. Yes. They brought in Drake London, but is that going to sell jerseys? Probably not. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, believe it or not, could potentially sell jerseys in Atlanta. Honestly, Dominic, like I think that, we don't necessarily think like GMs and long-term and stuff like that. But I do believe that a lot of like a sports franchise and like management is, you know, keeping the public happy and keeping like your fan base happy. And like a lot of it is, yeah, like selling tickets, selling jerseys. Cause if, like, if you don't have people interested in your team, you don't have people going to games, then like that you completely lose like home field advantage, like in home games that just doesn't become a thing when you don't have fans coming to the game. It's like the, like your players feel like it just, everyone feels it. And I think that like exactly some ways you just need that little bit of a spark. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up Desmond Ritter because he actually had a, a pretty good season there at Cincinnati. Um, and, uh, you know, bringing them to, uh, the college football playoff actually, uh, surprisingly taken in the third round, he was picked to 74th this year. A lot of people had him being drafted in the first round in a few mocks, maybe second at the latest, but he was taken in the third round, uh, very good value pick there for the Atlanta Falcons. So that's another thing too. Maybe you, you start him. Maybe you start right there at the, the QB position for them. Um, or you have Mariota start. And then like once he's struggling or if, and when he struggles, uh, at least you have Ritter there to, uh, to kind of, um, hopefully ride the ship there for the Atlanta Falcons. But let's say we stick in that division, Dominic. Obviously we got a lot of question marks at the quarterback position, excluding Tom Brady. Um, you got Carolina there with Sam Darnold. 
Is he going to be traded? Is he not? Is he going to have a good season with Carolina this year if he stays? Jameis Winston, too. He's the quarterback right now for the New Orleans Saints. But I feel like Jameis Winston's job just is, is never safe there, even though he signed that uh, extension with them in the offseason. Would have been crazy to see if Tom Brady retired, how like all four of these teams would be searching for a quarterback. But uh, those Bucks obviously getting uh, Tom Brady back uh, after winning them a Super Bowl just a few seasons ago. So obviously no question marks there in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Uh, we look at these three other teams, though, Dominic, in the NFC South. And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think any of these teams could potentially, potentially, miraculously somehow fight for the division? Um, or do you think this is really Tampa Bay's division and it probably will be for uh, as long as Tom Brady stays in Tampa? New Orleans had me jumping last week or the week before when I started hearing all about those Drew Brees rumors. And I really thought there was a chance there. I really did. I thought that potentially seeing our good old friend Tyron Matthew signing, we saw our other friend Jarvis Landry signing. Yep. I'm like, what's going on in New Orleans? They're picking up some big names. But who's the quarterback? Obviously, Winston. If I'm Drew Brees, why not? Just why not? Just why not? <laughs> this is going to be literally the best chance you'll ever have. In my mind, let's just say Michael Thomas comes back and balls. You have yourself Chris Olaf. You just drafted. He should be balling. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Jarvis Landry is already balling like a crazy mofo already in training camp. <laughs> so you have three great receivers, potentially, you know, depending how you see Chris Olaf. So to me, it's a no-brainer. Bring in Drew Brees, maybe mid-season. If Jameis gets hurt, do you trust Andy Dalton? How many games does it take for Andy to lose before Drew Brees gets a phone call? Keep an eye on that. I don't know. But if you ask me, yes, this team can compete. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice the year before. Yep. This was their nemesis. This team can do it. The only question mark is, can Dennis Allen as head coach be just as good? As Sean Payton. Mm, yeah, that's obviously a uh, tough task for Dennis Allen there. Um, former defensive coordinator there for the New Orleans Saints, now will be head coach. I think a lot of question marks around Michael Thomas and a lot of this team's success will depend on him. You know, if he comes back healthy, uh, if he's able to develop a chemistry with Jameis Winston, because there was a time we were talking about Michael Thomas, like he broke the record right for most catches in the season. Um, and he was absolutely was balling. Yeah, yeah, he was like, uh, argue or not, not even arguably like he was a lot of people's best wide receiver in football at a time. Uh, and then, you know, things unfortunately just fell off the rails for him. And, uh, and like, we haven't really talked about him much since that, it's been, you know, all these other wide receivers kind of taking the glory. But if this guy can be what he was, Dominic, with the New Orleans Saints, uh, I think that's a huge, huge help. And I think that a lot of the success will rely on Michael Thomas. Again, I'm, I'm assuming there's a possibility that Drew Brees plays for the Saints this year. Assuming that possibility comes into play, there's already a rapport there. And we just talked about how important it was to have the rapport established a la Jamar Chase and our good old friend up in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. So that combination was lethal day one. Imagine a good five-year chemistry coming back in. I don't care how old they are. These guys are probably Hall of Famers. Michael Thomas clearly has not won a Super Bowl, but those stats don't lie. He was well on his way. His foot got derailed. And the relationship between Sean Payton and Michael Thomas was rumored 
not to be great. So now that he's gone, we'll see what happens in New Orleans. Yeah, exactly, Dominic. Should be a super uh, exciting there for the uh, the New Orleans Saints. I know they have uh, a lot to look forward to now with, with their new additions, especially the rookie Chris Olave. I like him too, speedster out of Ohio State. Uh, the good old... Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick, Dominic Fitzmagic, has decided to hang up the cleats. Uh, he will be retiring. Uh, I feel like, you know, he's everyone's favorite player. Uh, I'm exaggerating there, but how could you not like a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick? Played in 101 teams, uh, was had so many memorable moments in the NFL. Some off the season, just as, in the outfits he was wearing. I know as a Dolphins fan, when I think about Fitzpatrick, I just remember his throw uh, against the Raiders when his helmet was being completely tilted to one side he didn't even know where the ball was going he just said okay i think i have a receiver down there threw an absolute dime uh to matt collins and dolphins ended up winning that game uh super super well-respected player over the uh the course of the nfl definitely will be missed and kind of a sad day in the nfl when uh, when you hear that ryan fitzpatrick will be uh, retiring yeah do you believe in magic ah <laughs> oh, man i just wish that he would you know stay a couple more years Considering the NFL right now, guys are having careers in their 40s. Yeah. This is a guy that you were rooting for. You're, Come on, Fitz, you could do it. You're laughing every week. How many yards is he going to pass for this week? You know, sometimes he'd pass for 500, a good five TDs out of nowhere. He obviously was a journeyman because people wanted him on their football team. A great insurance policy with full of experience. He almost did it. He had a great career. I think that even 20 years from now, we still might be recalling a couple games that Fitzpatrick did for many franchises yeah. in the NFL. Oh, totally, Dominic. Like I said, I don't think I'll ever be able to unlive that uh, throw he made for the Miami Dolphins. Pretty incredible. I wouldn't be surprised to see him unretire. I could see him, you know, kind of pulling a Tom Brady. So you know what? Maybe I want to come back. Like you said, Dominic, he's only 39. We see some QBs playing in their 40s. I could see a team, you know, desperate for a quarterback. 100%. Gives Fitzpatrick a call and says, you look, Ryan Fitzy, let's just try and ride this out and, and him not being able to refuse. 100%. I mean, like, come on. The guy can still play football. It's just, you know, father time. Sometimes it could only last half a season. Right situation presents itself. He could definitely get a phone call. The uh, the NFL seems to be protecting the quarterback very well. And it's the most important position. But we all know how violent the sport is. And on any given Sunday, it might be your, your name being called to the injury list, uh, which is something that nobody wants to see. Totally, Dominic. You just think of the teams he's bounced around for playing for the Rams, the Bengals, the Bills, the Titans, the Texans, the Jets, the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the Commanders. It's honestly remarkable how many teams this guy has played for. Uh, so, uh, yeah, definitely it will be lost and uh, will be missed uh, for sure in the NFL. But um, Mike, that's telling me he's going to come back. Uh, sticking with the quarterbacks, Dominic, seems to be a quarterback-friendly uh, show so far. Uh, unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, we got a 24th lawsuit allegation filed against him. Uh, we just finished talking about Baker Mayfield and how they don't uh, plan um, on releasing Baker Mayfield. You know, maybe this is kind of a situation where they're going to see, like, we're not sure if Deshaun Watson will even be able to play for us this season, if you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. And maybe they're keeping, you know, the chance of Baker Mayfield playing in their back pocket. Because, look, he's a guy that Mayfield has been able to win games for them. Uh, to, hasn't been as great as they want to, but if you're not going to be able to have Deshaun Watson, you know, settling for Baker Mayfield, who knows the system, it's already been on your team, may not be the worst thing either uh, for, for the Cleveland Browns. But yes, Deshaun Watson uh, seems like a never-ending story uh, for him. 
never-ending story for Deshaun Watson. We'll see how this all turns out for Deshaun, for the NFL, and for the victims. But for those Browns, they chose to put all their eggs in Deshaun Watson's basket. They have a professional organization that also have lawyers. So my bet right now is that Deshaun Watson will be in the NFL next season. That said, on the bright side for the Browns, they are developing players very well. David Bell is coming out of his own already as a wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. We had talked about him earlier a couple shows ago. Rookie wide receiver. Plenty of opportunities in Cleveland. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Bell is already making an impact. Deshaun Watson caught him on a lot of routes during minicamp. Expect that to grow. Keep an eye on David Bell in fantasy. Yeah, good take. Uh, fantasy, I'm funny you mentioned fantasy, Dominic. Uh, we don't usually talk about that too, too much on the show. Uh, you have any fantasy, now they're on the subject, do you have any fantasy potential sleepers heading into this season? I know one guy that I'm kind of thinking about, uh, a guy that you kind of like is Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, he said he wants to do whatever he can to become the Colts' number one wide receiver. I think this gonna, guy, he, you know, he continues to make progress. Uh, and now with Matty Ice there taking snaps under center for the Colts, I can see Michael Pittman Jr. being a very good wide receiver, uh, a good flex too. Uh, I think, you know, if he's available in uh, the second round, Dominic, I'm, I think I'd be snatching him right away because I just have high hopes for this guy. Yeah, I mean, Indianapolis with that offense, they're going to be definitely running the ball predominantly, mm-hmm. but they'll be getting to the red zone a lot. And if Pittman happens to be the red zone guy, you got yourself money because Matt Ryan is a decent quarterback to get you those stats. Per, definitely, Dominic. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens there uh, with the Colts. I guess you're yeah, talking about fantasy, Dominic. Do you have like a, a certain strategy you do uh, when drafting players? Do you always take a running back in the first round? Do you kind of go best player available? Do you try and take uh, a defense in a certain round? Or is it kind of like, I don't know, for me, when I do it, I kind of just go like, okay, this guy's available. I like him. I'm going to take him. I don't usually do all that much planning, which is maybe why I haven't won in the last few years. But I'm curious to get your take on how you draft players uh, for your fantasy league. Oh, it's, you know, a complicated <laughs> concept for everybody. Everyone has their own way yeah. about scouting players and so on and so forth. But to make it short and sweet, basically out of any given draft, you go with whatever the draft presents you at the time. You just got to be ready for all those different situations. Mm-hmm. And you got to see how many points you're trying to get, who's getting who, got to analyze your bye weeks lot to take into account to really put you know your best foot forward in a fantasy league i personally like the ppr leagues because you know you count the receptions and uh it can get really crazy you can have dynasty leagues as we all know having a good you know three-year plan so sometimes fantasy football is not even just one year it could be a multiple season great thing to do and obviously watching nfl every week doesn't get more exciting watching your fantasy stars performing if i had to pick a long 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 shot i've been talking about this team from day one from the moment they hired brian dable (laughs) and that guy is daniel jones boy am i so excited to see what he's going to be able to do because from training camp to where we're at today everything has been just gravy Let's see if Daniel Jones can pull himself a good 4,500-yard season and at least 35 touchdowns. If that's your backup quarterback, you got yourself a steal. I think that this guy could come in and really be 
a really good quarterback if Brian Dable's offense manages to succeed the way that he envisions, which is probably a high-octane four-wide receiver set, gunslinging battle every week, and to see how many, how many points you can score on the board versus how many points can I score. So what better player, Daniel Jones, chalk it down on your list for fantasy as a good sleeper pick. Hey, nice, Dominic. Good take there. Dayball, obviously, things worked out with him in Buffalo. Hopefully, it works out with him in the Giants. Completely different situation there. But we know how great Josh Allen had was, hit, was, uh, was able to perform under him and how he developed as a young QB. So we've talked a lot about quarterbacks. Uh, you know, things that happened in the offseason, quarterback situations, wide receivers. Obviously, it was a big, big year in terms of wide receivers, Dominic, and uh, everything that pounded out with, you know, Devontae Adams signing that massive contract with the Las Vegas Raiders. Tyreek Hill as well joining the Miami Dolphins that I'm still super ecstatic about. Uh, I don't know if you saw, it was pretty cool. There was a clip on Facebook this week where Devontae Adams was like wearing his Raiders uniform for the first time and Derek Carr saw him and they were hugging and it was like kind of that uh, that old uh, college reunion there when they played together at, uh, at SMU. Sorry, Fresno State, not SMU. My bad. Fresno State, yeah. No, I didn't get the chance to see it, uh, but Devontae Adams and we talked about that connection, right? Now he's going to have a connection with Derek Carr, time has gone by. So I don't know if five years, give or take, has yeah. gone by since Devontae Adams was playing with the Green Bay Packers. So whether or not they can rekindle that magic will determine how successful the Raiders will be. But I do want to mention that on defense, they added Chandler Jones. Now, to me, Chandler Jones is a nightmare to deal with. He will be, again, a difference maker for any defense. He's arriving for that Raiders organization, along with Denzel Perriman, who I think is a journeyman, but a great inside linebacker when healthy. They also have Jawan Brown, an inside linebacker that used to play for Tennessee, very dependable. And then you got the guy, Max Crosby, who last year showed us a lot that this guy is a baller. So combine Max Crosby with Chandler Jones, this team could shock in the West if they put it all together. And it will come down also clearly on whether Josh McDaniels can erase the nightmare of his previous coaching stint in the AFC West with those Denver Broncos, because it was ugly. And I just hope for him that he can rekindle, you know, that coaching magic that he had with those Patriots and transfer it over for that franchise because the Raiders are a great franchise that's been around forever and they deserve a bit of excitement. Why not this year? Oh man. And do they ever have a great fan base, Dominic? We talk about uh, the excitement there and playing in the black hole and they love their football. Uh, Raiders fans do. Uh, yeah. Uh, Max Crosby, Dominic, I'd argue like he had the, like, the most obvious breakout year last year. Like we always knew, or it's like the, like, we would talk about him, you know, as a good player, a decent player, a guy who was smart, you know, like uh, would, would make an impact on the defensive side of the ball. But last year, like he was playing with something to prove um, and he proved a lot. He was playing like like it was every game, like it was his last game. Every snap was his last snap. And it was actually really fun to watch. Uh, and a guy like me who really appreciates, uh, I appreciate my defense, but offense more. I'm kind of like one of those new school guys uh, that, you know, likes the long bombs and like the quarterbacks and I like focusing on my wide receivers. 
but he was a fun, fun player to watch uh, was Max Crosby for the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I hope he continues it. And like you said, with the addition now of Chandler Jones in the off season, uh, this defense, you've got to think will um, get better. But look, you look at that, you look at the addition of Devonte Adams and you do just mention Dominic, the Raiders potentially being a sleeper team uh, that's surprising a few teams. Do you think Derek Carr is good enough to be a, you know, let's say, be like kind of like, can the Raiders be last year's Cincinnati Bengals? Can they be a team that comes in that surprises people that maybe makes a run at the Super Bowl, maybe even potentially wins the Super Bowl? And like a team that people knew were decent around middle of the pack, but then they actually surprise people and, you know, pull off a run. Can these Raiders team, Raiders team be the last year's Cincinnati Bengals? And like a lot of it will depend on Derek Carr. Do you think Derek Carr is good enough to make that happen? Right off the bat, I'll say no. Yeah, That's just my opinion. Bluntly, yeah. the answer is no. However, I do admire the Raiders organization to be committed to their vision and their projects. Not many times have a, has a quarterback within the last couple decades has an opportunity to play with this franchise for almost his entire career. Derek Carr was given that opportunity. A very similar situation with Matt Stafford in Detroit. You saw Matt Stafford. He eventually went and won a Super Bowl last year. Derek Carr currently is going to get his favorite weapon, his college friend, the guy that he created the most chemistry ever. If the time for your investment to flourish is now, clearly adding Devontae Adams at this time, a brilliant move. We'll have to wait and see whether or not that translates to victories. I say no only because I don't believe in Derek Carr and his ability to win games late. I think that he struggles under pressure and he's just not a good winner. However, is he a game manager? Sure. I just don't think that the running game currently with those Raiders is consistent enough. And the way that they're running that offense is through Darren Waller. Now, Devontae Adams should completely transform that offense next year. And maybe Josh Jacobs kind of like can play an entire season without being injured. If those two things happen, potentially we might see the Raiders in the playoffs. But again, I'm not a Derek Carr fan. I think that he had his opportunities in the NFL. We'll have to wait and see, but the answer is no for me. And, um, you know, we talk about the Raiders last year. They dealt with a lot of adversity. You know, everything that happened there uh, with, the, with the Las Vegas Raiders, like just, uh, you know, even uh, be a team that was relevant for so long in the season was impressive there. And uh, they really, really surprised me. Um, and I think even without the adversity, I didn't think they would be as good as they were. So to have to deal with everything they dealt with last year and still have a winning record was impressive. To me, the situation of Derek Carr reminds me a little bit or gives me the vibes of to a like look you bring in a stud wide receiver just like the dolphins did and you say look like here are your toys go play with them and go win us games you talk about waller dominic this raiders team has as waller at the tight end position arguably like in in my opinion he's he's my number three tight end in football you got Devontae adams arguably the best wide receiver in football you got josh jacobs you got hunter renfro that seems to under understand the game like like nobody else runs great routes has great hands like on paper this team is very good um and it's going to come down to the quarterback, just like similarly to the Miami Dolphins. Like, look, you got Tua there heading into, uh, you know, his, his third year in the NFL. 
what's going to happen with him. He's taken a lot of heat, and I'd say, like, a lot of the heat he has deserved as a Dolphins fan. I'm not, like, I'm not going to give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt because I, I expected more out of him. But, look, now he's got Tyree Kill. You got Jalen Waddle, you got Mike Kosicki, uh, you got uh, William, Sir Wilson, who you got in the offseason out of the Cowboys. You got Preston Williams, who I really like. Um, they bring in a bunch of uh, running backs who have speed. Like right now, it's up to like these two quarterbacks, I think, are under a tremendous amount of pressure heading into the season. I don't know if you feel the same way, Dominic, but like I feel like when I think right away of guys with pressure on the shoulder for me, I think number one heading into the season is Tua. And I think it's Tua by far. I'd say number two is Kyler Murray. I still think he has a lot to prove. Um, and then I would say you know, number three could be, I can make the case that Derek Carr, like these three QBs really have a lot to prove considering for the Raiders and the Dolphins, their organization has given them the tools they need now in order to have success. That's a great take, William. I think that you nailed it. You, these, all these guys have to win today and if they don't they might they might not be a tomorrow for neither of these players that said the guy that's in the best position i have to go with tua i've been watching tua his entire career just like you you're obviously a miami football fan you know way more than i do but i've always believed in tua clearly the dolphins had a vision and that vision just needed the right pieces to align themselves at the right time i mean how can you not like the right receivers with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is a freak of nature. You saw what he did. This guy will outrun anybody in the NFL on a one-on-one -on -one race, or, or so it seems. Mm -hmm. Or it was either Andy Reid, the genius designer of plays, of all plays. I don't buy it. I buy Tyreek Hill's skill. That said, Jalen Waddell should have been probably rookie of the year last year. He had a phenomenal season. They got two aces. All you need now is a running game. Well, guess what? They add so many running backs. Yeah. There's one guy that's obviously going to pan out in there. And whatever that guy is, is going to just blossom in this offense. Whether it's Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, Raheem Monster, Miles Gaskin, somebody's going to blossom offensively. And that's going to be the key to unlock this offense. And Tua, all he has to do is manage this football team offensively. That is a great recipe in that division, which I don't believe is as strong as last year. Right. That means that the Miami Dolphins do have a chance to win this division. Hey, I like it, Dominic. You're giving me hope. I'm going to put you on the spot. You talked about Tua. I know you've always been a believer in Tua. After what you've seen his first two seasons in the NFL, are you still a believer in Tua? Do you still think he can make it happen for this team? 100%. And this is the year we're going to see it happen. I think that Tua has the ability to be accurate enough with what's given him as weapons mm -hmm. and tools. He literally can close his eyes and just throw the ball <laughs> deep and Tyreek Hill most likely will be there. I mean, that's not hard to do. And then when you have Jalen Waddell who runs routes like he's Houdini, yeah. give this guy a guaranteed, probably, I say guaranteed. I mean, this team is going to be very dangerous. I know that mm -hmm. I've said so many times there's certain teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Miami's my bubble team. I, I still think they make it over the hump. I agree with I'd you. I'd have to look at my, all my all my eggs, but yeah. to me right now, I have a hard time saying no to Miami. Uh, I, that's a great take, Dominic, and you made me laugh. That was a very good take on Hill as well. Um, I agree with you. Unbiased opinion, I think Miami gets the wild card seed, a wild card seed. I think Buffalo wins the division, um, and yeah, I just think that like with these receivers and that this defense is like has been getting better year after year. Um, I really like this squad. I've you know I've always been uh, hopeful as soon as we got Tua, um, and I think now like I'm more excited uh, than ever I ever really was uh, for a long time. Really for being a Dolphins fan.
fan. Like you talked about division shouldn't be as strong as it was last year. Got to wait and see. So we talk about players under pressure, Dominic. A lot of times that's quarterbacks. Uh, you know, even like we talked about like people under pressure, like head coaches, upper management. Um, who do you think we talked about? Like I talked about Carr, Murray, Tua. Uh, I'm curious to get like guys that you think are under pressure heading into this year, you know, whether that's like a running back, quarterback, um, or a staff member. Because uh, we always talk about guys in the hot seat, right? We see guys in certain situations that, okay, like this guy's definitely going to pan out. Like it's just too good to be true. And like it just doesn't. And it's like, wow, that's really surprising and really disappointing. Uh, so we've seen obviously a little bit of that uh, throughout the, or really we, we see that every year in the NFL. It's just part of uh, part of football. Um, so my question to you is, Dominic, who do you see uh, as player-wise or staff that uh, that's under a lot of pressure heading into this 2022 season? My guy is Russell Wilson. Mm. I think that Russell Wilson as a Denver Bronco will probably be a huge bust mm. year one. I don't know whether or not they can bring in the personnel to bring Russell Wilson at the same level that we saw in Seattle. You watch the difference between Nathaniel Hackett and Pete Carroll. The way that Pete Carroll had that play calling design in Seattle, it was just marvelous to watch. They were the third quarter team. It's like he planned his entire first two quarters just to prepare for the unexpected in the third quarter. And that's where I saw Russell Wilson shine. He shined through the play calling of Pete Carroll. Can Nathaniel Hackett bring those elements to this offense? Maybe, but I'm going to say no. I'm not a big Nathaniel Hackett fan to begin with. He's got a lot to prove, in my personal opinion, as a head coach in the NFL. And you're, when your weapons are Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, which could be a bust, Tim Patrick, I'm not scared with that wide receiving core. So it's going to have to be Russell Wilson at his very, very best. He's not going to have DK Metcalf catching long bombs or he's not going to have his best friend, Tyler Lockett, like yeah. Tyler Lockett. So that said, it's going to be a challenging year for Wessel Wilson. They gave a lot, a lot to get him, right? A lot yeah. of players, a lot of picks. So this guy is going to have to fit like a glove with those Denver Broncos year one. I just don't see it happening. You know, I didn't honestly, let's say I didn't expect you to, to pick Russell Wilson, but I, I, I could agree with that one. I think that, you know, I maybe, Disagree a little bit. I think that the, if the Broncos receiving Cork and stay healthy with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, I was so excited when I saw these three got paired up with the Denver Broncos. And if one guy's injured, one not injured, the other guy's injured, there's always something with one of these players. And I just want to see the three of them on the football field, healthy week one with Russell Wilson, singing that football to them. Uh, yeah. Like the Broncos, like they definitely do have a lot of pressure on them. And you talked about it. They give up a lot to get Russell Wilson, but they truly feel with their defense, with their wide receiving core, and uh, and everything they have, that they're just a quarterback away from being a potential threat to winning the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, after winning that Super Bowl, uh, the 50th year of the, the NFL, they haven't been as, you know, as relevant as, uh, as they'd like to be. So I think the Denver Broncos definitely want to get back on track. I'm super excited to see how uh, Russell Wilson will fare in a Broncos uniform. Uh, going to be excited for the preseason, folks. Actually, preseason, believe it or not, is right around the corner. I believe we're like two months already, less than two months away from NFL preseason. Uh, that's a wrap for this week's show, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. Stay safe, and we'll see you soon. You are listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.